Welcome to the Fort Bragg PwC podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. We have Jessica Snyder. Her and her husband, John, are part of Navigators here at Fort Bragg and All-American Chapel. Today, Jessica is going to share about biblical friendship and what that means and what it looks like. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys doing? Well, I am just so thankful and honored to be with you guys this morning. I don't normally come to PWOC, so I am just super excited to have a chance to get to know some of y'all a little bit, even through the face mask. But just super honored that Amber and Jennifer asked me to come in and share this morning. Discipleship is my all-time favorite topic to speak on. So anytime I have a chance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on it. So thanks for being here. So I'm a visual learner. I don't know if you guys are, so there will be slides. So um, it'll help me keep on track, too, because I will go AWOL pretty quickly. So before we start, just a little bit about me. My name is Jess Snyder. Um, I moved here to Bragg in 1995, actually. So I've been here a minute. I went to high school here and college here. I met my um, amazing husband, who's actually, you guys probably know him better than you know me. He's back there running sound, um, John Snyder. There's a picture. You don't have to look back there. Um, we have been married 17 years. We are on staff with an organization called The Navigators. The Navigators is an organization that comes along chapels, and our specialty is discipleship. So our catchphrase is to know Christ and to make him known. So we personally want to help everybody walk deeply with the Lord and then turn around and help people around them walk with the Lord. So up there you see my five beautiful babies. So Jonathan is 14, Jaren is 13, Jonas on one of the ends is 10, Judah with the blue glasses is 8, and Juliet Our youngest is six, and so if you haven't figured it out, we like J names. We are the J team, so um, yes. So we um, just love Bragg. We love to be part of this community, and then I put a picture of a few of the amazing ladies that I have the honor to call friends just for credibility. I have friends. That's why I can talk about friendship. So, um, no, these women are just truly amazing and have taught me so much over the last few years. But, um, yeah, you, you guys might know some of them. So, my husband always says that when you share, you should always give the bottom line up front. Why should you care about anything that I say? So, here is the bottom line up front. You are the right person. God has created you so specially and uniquely that there is nobody like you in the entire world. So you are the right person, and you are in the right place. God has you here for a reason. He has you in the marriages and gave you the kids. He has put you at brag. He has put you in this community for a reason. So you are the right person in the right place at the right time now. 2020, middle of crazy coronavirus. You are here for a reason. And all of this adds up to your own sphere of influence. 
So you are the only person that has the relationships and the ability to weigh into those relationships. It's unique to you. Even if I had the exact same friendships that y'all had, I am not you. So it would look so different. So that makes you kind of a superhero. It's super cool because you are gifted uniquely. You have great opportunities that only you have. So that is the bottom line up front. In the area of friendships, you are unique in those relationships. But there is a struggle. So a lot of our lives, we like to compartmentalize. So I have my work box, I have my friendship box, I have my marriage box, I even have my Jesus box. And I can tap into my Jesus box when I go to church or when I go to Bible studies or when I'm in a great group of community of women. But really what God calls us to do is to have a christ center life. So as a follower of Jesus, Jesus is the center of my life, and everything should be influenced by my relationship with him. So my, as a wife, so my identity is Christ, I am a follower of Christ, and then I am just a follower of Christ who is married. I am a follower of Christ that has children. I am a follower of Christ that has friends, or this job, or this neighborhood. So Every relationship that I go into, I get to have an eternal and a gospel perspective. So the people that do not know Jesus, I can hopefully influence them to come into relationship with Jesus. And other believers, I have the opportunity to help them and grow deeper in their relationship with Christ. So everywhere I go, everywhere that I, everything that I do, I am waving my Jesus flag. I am a follower of Christ. That is who I am. And everything flows out of that. All right? Everybody tracking? Yes. All the masks. I can't read the audience. Okay. So I really love the verse that y'all have picked as the, the theme for this, the series. So Matthew 28, 19, and 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God has given us a mission as followers of Christ. We get to. We get to. It's an honor. We get to go into all the world and make disciples. And really, honestly, there is no better avenue to do this than in our friendship. It's a great avenue for it. But before we talk about that, I just want to get on the same page about what we're talking about with some definitions. So my definition for friendship is the attachment of two people by affection, esteem, and trust. All right, so two people coming together because you like each other. You trust each other. You love each other, right? These are the friends. These are the people that we invite into our lives and that we do life with. My definition of discipleship is as a learner of Christ. That's what a disciple is, right? A learner of Christ. As a learner of Christ, we are going to help others know and grow in their relationship with Christ. 
Okay? So as I'm going through my life, I am looking for people that I can help and encourage along the way. And I'm looking for people to help and encourage me. But there's three key aspects that has to be a part of discipleship. The first one is relationship. We each independently have to have a relationship with the Lord, and then that comes together, and we can grow in relationship with each other. So relationship is the first one. The second one is the Word, the Word of God. This has to be a part of discipleship. So we have to individually be in the Word and then engage in the Word together. So if we are going to grow in Christ together, then the Word has to be a part of it. And I'm not just talking about let's go to church and listen to a sermon and then we'll go on our merry way and have fellowship afterwards. That's very important. It's part of it. But we really want to read and study and memorize and let that be a central part of discipleship. Because in all reality, there's nothing good within me. Just Snyder, there's nothing good. I'm really not a great person at all. But I have Christ, and that is the goodness that is in me. So as we are learning in our relationship with the Lord through the Word, I am dying and Christ is becoming more. So I want relationship, I want the Word, and then the last part is ministry. So discipleship is what Jesus had in mind to reach the world. He walked three years with 12 men very purposely. And that was his means to reach the whole world. And guess what? We get to be a part of it. It's so amazing we get to be a part of it. And so discipleship is not meant to be the secret. Let's meet together. No, we're going to meet together to go out and reach the entire world. So as we grow and we learn, we're going to share Jesus with others. So how do we put these two together? Discipleship is friendship in a Christ-word direction. We are very purposely going to walk with Jesus as friends, and we are going to hopefully influence the whole world. All right, so the tricky thing is the Great Commission that Jesus has commanded us to do does not just happen. It doesn't happen by accident. This takes a lot of intentionality and focus. We have to live our lives on purpose. It takes prayer, it takes time, and it has to be a priority. If you're just going to sit back and think that it's just going to happen, you're going to miss the boat. It has to be something that we on purpose to do. Just like Jesus purposely walked with 12. So, um, there's three key friendships that I actually, I'm going to challenge you on today. And these three friendships are the perfect way to fulfill the Great Commission. So I have me, and then so the first of these relationships is that of a running mate. So this is someone that you normally naturally connect with. These are the ones that you're going to say are your friends. They're often in the same season of life as us. We have similar goals. This is someone that you like to hang out with, that you, you know, oh, I have like an hour. Who can I have over for coffee? These are the people that are coming to your mind. And in Ecclesiastes, there's a great passage that talk about the benefits of a running mate. I know that this passage is a lot of times used in marriages, but it's great. It's a great friendship um, verse. So it says, two is better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. 
but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so there's a benefit of having friends, this running mate in our life. It makes our work easier. We can help each other. We can keep each other warm. We have each other's back. But the very key of this thing is that last one, a cord of three. So it's me, my running mate, and Jesus. Like, this is, Jesus is the one that makes the cord strong. It's not us. So with Jesus as the center of our friendship, there's amazing benefits and unity that can change our lives and can change the whole world. So as Jesus is the focus of our lives and friendship, there's some characteristics that I think that we should look for in a running mate. So the first one of that is unconditional love. We cannot love like this without Jesus. I do not have it in me to love people unconditionally. I don't. Um, But Jesus does. And so as Jesus is the center of our lives, we can love unconditionally. And we want people in our lives, we're looking for people that will love us unconditionally, even at our worst, and that we can love in return. So even when we don't want to love those people, even when we don't like them, as Jesus is the core, we can unconditionally love. So as a running mate, unconditional love. The second thing is support during trials. When hard times come, guess what? Hard times will come. I promise. They will come. That they will be there to support. They'll be there to cry with you, to laugh with you. They'll be the comfort. And they'll bring the word and the prayer into that relationship. So support during trials. The third characteristic is genuine happiness. Our world, the world's definition of friendship, people can be so petty. And when good things happen, it can actually bring out the ugliness of others around us. So we really want somebody that is just happy. Like when good things happen to us, that we're not, they don't covet, they're not petty, that they can rejoice with us in the good times. So I'm looking for someone that has genuine happiness in my successes. The fourth one is, is edifying conversation. When I get with this person, is our talk glorifying the Lord? Is it building each other up? Is it building up those people around us? We don't gossip. We don't slander. It is a conversation that is glorifying to God. So this is what I'm looking for in a friend, is someone that I can have these conversations with. The next characteristic is gentle correction. I want a friend that will call me out. I do, because a real friend does that. I don't want there to be a big sin area, a big glaring flaw, and nobody tells me. It is love. It is love for somebody to tell me when there's an area in my life that I need to change. But guess what? There's a good way to do it and a not-so-good way to do it. So I really want somebody that can have a gentle correction that will talk to me when I need it to. 
And then the last one is, it's just time together. We're busy, we're all busy, but relationships cannot be built without time. Yeah? Just think of your marriages. Do you guys do better when your husbands are there or deploy? Time is good. They strengthen relationships. So we want to live life together. We want to do things together. We want to have talk. And so these are the characteristics that I'm looking for in a running mate. And um, first Corinthians, I'm sorry, um, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens one another. I am looking for a friend that will challenge me to be a better version of myself. I'm not just looking for someone that will sit there and we can have a conversation and nothing has changed. I want to change the world and that can happen one conversation at a time and it starts with me. So I want friends that will help me be the best version of myself so I can go out and influence others for Christ. There is a warning. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. Be careful for the people that you invite into your life. I'm not saying don't be friends with non-believers. You absolutely should be friends. Love, love, love unbelievers. But we're talking about the central, close group of friends in your life. Be careful who you are inviting to speak and influence you in your life. So that is the running mate. The second key of friendship that I think every believer should have is that of a more spiritually mature woman. Um, a lot of times we just call that the older woman. Marilyn Caulfield said I shouldn't do that, that I should call it the more spiritually mature woman because really in spiritual things, physical age doesn't matter. I am looking for someone that I can look up to in the faith. So it could very easily be someone younger than me. So Hebrews 13.7 says, I love this verse, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. So as I'm living life, I am looking for a woman that I can see Jesus in who loves God, who knows the word. When I look at their lives, it's just Jesus everywhere. Um, and it's somebody that I kind of want to be like. And I think that if we sit back, we, we can we see these. You know, growing up, you know, there would be these ladies that would, could always spout out the Bible verses or was just a super great prayer warrior. So I am looking for an older woman, a spiritually more mature woman, that I can sit at their feet and learn Jesus from. So there are some um, characteristics that I think are pretty important. So the first one is, I see Christ in her. And this is, is tricky. So this verse, um, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Again, nothing good in me. There's nothing good. But as Jesus takes over, I can see Jesus in people. So I am looking for not a woman that I emulate. I'm looking for a woman that I see Jesus in. Because I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to be like an, this older woman. I want to be like Jesus. So I'm looking for somebody that will be an earthly reflection of Jesus. So um, that's the first thing. See Christ in her. The second thing is, is available to you. 
So this is somebody that you have access to, that you can talk with life about, that you can ask advice from, that in the middle of the night you can call and ask for prayer if you need to. So I think that a, a lot of times in our culture we can look up to some great spiritual women like Jen Wilkins or Beth Moore, you know, and you can say, well, this is my the older woman. You know, I listen to their podcasts or I listen to their teaching. It's great. Don't, don't get me wrong. That is great. But I really want to have a person that I can live my life with, that I can engage with, and it can be very personal. It's not going to be personal with Jen Wilkins and Beth Moore. So somebody that is available to you. The third characteristic is be, that you feel love and safe with. I'm looking for someone that I feel love and safe with. So discipleship is not always pretty. Life is not always pretty. I want to be, this older woman needs to be somebody that I can share personal, sometimes super embarrassing, deep, deep things You know, those things that you're like, if people knew this, they would think that I'm a terrible person. But let's be honest, sometimes those deepest, darkest thoughts are what we need the help most with. So this spiritually more mature woman is somebody that I want to be able to share those things with. And I hope that they would feel free to share some of their story with me too. And then the last thing is, is somebody that I can receive instruction and correction from. Nobody, nobody likes to be told they're wrong or that we're not doing things great or we're believing lies or we're letting Satan stir us some stuff up. So I'm looking for a woman that I can receive instruction and correction and truth from. All right, so the third key friendship that all believers should have is that of a younger woman or a spiritually less mature woman. Because again, physical age doesn't matter. So just as I want somebody to invest in my life, I hope to go and invest into somebody younger than me. So I want girls, I want all women to grow in their relationship with Jesus and to be in the Word. So 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so if we go to the next slide, there's actually a great picture of this. I'm, again, a visual learner. So here, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, Go and teach faithful men who will also teach others. So do you get this? Like, One person is intentional in a relationship with another person who's intentional, and pretty soon it snowballs out of of control. Like, this is amazing, and we get to be a part of it. I told you, I get my, my thing. I love discipleship. So what am I looking for in a younger woman as I want looking to invest my life into somebody? I am looking for a woman of faith. Okay, so faith, the F in faith is faithful. You can count on them. Their yes is yes and their no is no. Like this is a person that if we agree to meet somewhere, she'll be there. If we agree to study something, she'll do it. Like this is a faithful woman. The second thing is she's available. You can get time with this person. They're excited about getting time with you. It's a priority for them. 
let's, let's just be honest. Some seasons of life are busier than others. So as we're going through, is this something that a woman will make time for? That is availability. If she sees the value of it and she's willing to come alongside you and walk in relationship with Jesus. The third thing is, is interdependent, interdependent. So she's not independent where I can do everything by myself, I don't need you, and she's not dependent. I need you for everything. <laughs> she's interdependent. She can see the value of being with people, but she can also do things on her own. On her own. There is a healthy balance there. The fourth thing is teachability. You want to be able to speak the word, to speak truth, and you want them to be able to hear and receive instruction, correction, rebuke. And then she's willing to take that and pray about it and change if needed. If I am not somebody that she can receive that from, it's okay. I just don't need to be in that role in her life. We're all different different flavors, so praise the Lord for the body. But I want somebody that can receive instruction from me. And the last thing is, is that she is hungry. Her growth in the Lord is a priority. They want to be in the Word. They want to be around other people that can help them do that. And it Again, it's, a focus. it's not just going to happen. It has to be a priority. So you're asking, how do I get these relationships in my life? This is great. Uh, where do I go? Pray a lot. Pray. You ask. So you see that spiritually mature woman and be like, can we get coffee sometime? Can I ask you some questions? You see a younger girl that's just got her hand raised asking all these questions. She's chomping at the bits. Hey, you want to come to the playground while my kids play? We can have a little chat. Put out feelers. Look around. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. If you want these relationships in your life, there are people that want to do this for you and are willing to walk life with you. So ask, pray, look around. Um, this is a great group of women. You know, put some feelers out, ask for advice. Okay, so my hard attitude in all this, because this is all about, oh gosh, I have five minutes, um, all about out here. So my attitude in Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other as the Lord forgave you. And over all the virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, it's not all about them. I have to have the right heart attitude. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. So, if... Our goal is, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, to make disciples. Your catchphrase, to be one, make one. If this is our goal, this has to be very purposeful. Very. It will not just happen. You have to be purposeful. So we get to choose our friends in our lives and listen as intentionally 
as Jesus did. So what I want for you to do right now, this is the application, is I want you to draw a circle and put the word you. You can put your name, whichever you prefer, and I want you to draw these circles for the running mate, the more spiritually mature woman, and the younger woman. And I want you just to take a few seconds to pray about these relationships. First of all, I want you to ask yourself, are there people in these roles that don't need to be there? So if we're talking about intimate relationships that are going to help me walk with Jesus, are there people in my life, first of all, that shouldn't be there? And then the second one is, is do I know somebody that I can ask to be these friendships in my life? And if so, I want you to write them down. But you might be thinking, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who to ask. Why don't you just take a few seconds just to pray that the Lord would bring into your life women that you could ask. So go ahead and we'll just pray for just a, a couple seconds. I really wanted to give y'all a lot longer, but I got excited and I went off script a little bit, and so we're running out of time, and there's a few more things. So this is your homework this week. Next week, I want you to bring your chart. I want you guys to hold each other accountable and ask who you have talked to, who you think can fill these roles in your life. And I know what you're saying. You're like, I'm a mom. I'm tired. I don't have time. Regardless of your season of life, you should have these relationships. We have a creative God, and we can be creative in how we fill these roles. There is time. There is space in your life. You need to do these. So sometimes it just looks different than we think. Points to consider. I'm going to go through these really fast, really fast, because I, I think these are important. Discipleship has to be relational and intentional. There has to be a balance. People will feel like projects if the relationship is not there, and then if it's not intentional, it's just two friends hanging out. That's not discipleship. It has to be relational and intentional. There has to be a balance of grace and truth. I want to be able to speak the word of God, but I have to be understanding of situations. There has to be a balance there. I need to have a balance of encouraging and exhorting. Right? So sometimes we just need that cheerleader in our corner to get us going on. And sometimes we need a kick in our pants. Get it going, girl. Get it going. Encouraging and exhorting. There has to be tons of humility, tons of humility. I am not a know-it-all. I am very, very jacked up, and I don't know much at all. So do not ever go into relationships thinking that I know more than somebody else. In fact, as I'm helping a younger woman, you better believe they're going to teach me tons more than I teach them. Just don't tell them that. No, just kidding. Tons of humility. Forgiveness. This is a relationship killer. This is a soul killer. Unforgiveness will take hold of your life and will destroy everything faster than you will know it. This is another thing. There has to be forgiveness. You are imperfect. You will mess up. The friends in your life are imperfect and they will mess up. Great relationships are built on forgiveness. There has to be forgiveness. Be creative in your time with people. My favorite story is I had a girl that would come over and we would throw my kids in the bathtub. She would sit on the toilet and I would sit on a stool and we would talk about Jesus while my kids were taking a bath. 
ridiculous, isn't it? But we can be creative. We can get this. We can meet with women. Invite people into your life. What are things that you naturally do that you can invite people to do with you? It doesn't have to be sitting across the table drinking coffee, although that is very spiritual. Don't get me wrong. Very spiritual. But we can be creative. It doesn't have to be that way. And when you are lost, think of the four Ps. Discipleship has to be covered in prayer. It has to be personal. Don't talk about Jesus out here. Talk about Jesus in your life. Talk about the Word of God. Talk about what you're learning and how you're growing. It has to be purposeful. We're doing this for a reason, to grow independently so we can reach the world. This is God's way, so it has to be purposeful, and it has to be persistence. So we want this not to meet every once in a while. This has to be something that we continually do. And then my husband said the last P, it has to be pass onable. Because it's not just me and my friendships that we want to go on. My last verse is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It takes considering. Be purposeful. Be purposeful. It won't just happen. We want to meet together. We want to spur. We want to encourage. We have a great group of women. Come together and build each other up. And Jesus is coming back soon. So the day is now. The time is now. We're not getting more time. We're getting less time. So as Jesus is coming, this becomes more and more important. So our lives are busy. Satan uses all sorts of distraction. And he's going to tell you, start tomorrow. You have time? Start tomorrow. No, no, no. Start now. Start today. Discipleship starts with one person deciding to be intentional in the relationships that they have around you. So go. Make disciples. Use your friendships to do that. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for you. First of all, we are so thankful for the gift of your son, that we can have relationship with you through him, that we have hope here on earth, and we just praise you that we get to be a part of your mission, that we get to be a part of what you use to reach the people around us. We thank you so much for friendships, Lord. We thank you that we are relational beings, that we were made to be around other people. But I just ask you just to challenge and encourage us, help us to figure out how we can show your love, your grace, how we can share your word in the relationships that you have given us, how we can be just your ambassadors here on earth, and how we can glorify you to those people around us, Lord. Help us to have, to help find these relationships, Lord, and that they would just be glorifying to you. Thank you so much for this time that we've had together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, thank you for listening to Protestant Women of the Chapel, Fort Bragg. We are workers together for Christ. If you've been inspired, please share our podcast with those who could use a good word.